Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive, NFL Week 12, one of my favorite cards of the year. This is going to be a super, super fun podcast. Uh, Coming off my worst Sunday in all of the weeks we've been doing this, did not find a winner on Sunday. Uh, Got bailed out. Did I get bailed out or did I have the right side with the Chiefs on Monday? I didn't watch a ton of that game because I was at at uh, an important speaking engagement, but uh, I got a winner nonetheless. But uh, I had some tough losses, so I felt like I was due a winner. What was was your read on that one? I fell asleep. I didn't watch the fourth quarter. I actually fell asleep. Oh. And the worst part, I fell asleep and the score – was the same when I woke up. I'm like, huh, maybe nothing <laughs> happened. And then I went and looked and lots of stuff had happened. <laughs> so who, I don't know who had the right side. Honestly, having, having Chargers plus six was the right side. Yeah. I, that's not to say that like Chiefs minus four was wrong. Like mm. Chiefs minus four was probably, I had, my power ratings had it like 4.9. So like six was too much. I don't blame anybody who took the six. Both. Both teams had, I mean, one team did cover, but both teams had a lot of chances. Yep. Goofy ass game. <laughs> yeah. Not all that, not all that, uh, not, not, I guess, what we expected. Both those teams go into a bye this week. So we don't have to, we don't have to try to figure out what they're all about right now. But yeah, Rivers, I don't want to belabor the Rivers talk, but he looked, uh, he looked a lot like the guy he's connected with throughout the years down in New Orleans, where maybe his arm just, his arm needs to go hit the old folks home it ain't the same yeah it ain't the same it ain't the same as it used to be not that he ever really had his laser arm but he's got an especially noodle arm now bitch about uh bitch about primetime games we bitch about some of the matchups that end up in primetime around sunday but boy howdy are we hashtag blessed this weekend oh yeah this week all three Primetime games are so solid. I mean, the oh. Indy Houston, Green Bay, San Francisco, Baltimore Rams, and then even I'm going to call this a standalone game because there's only two late games, and the other one is Jacksonville, Tennessee, and nobody's going to watch it. Dallas, New England, pretty much on its own <laughs> at, at, the, at the late time yeah. slate. So Back-to-back prime standalones, pretty, basically. Yeah. Even, even with the Chiefs, I mean – You've essentially got two of the 12 playoff teams on by this week with Minnesota and KC, and you still have a really good viewing slate. It's going to be awesome. I've seen a really sharp character who we talk to once in a while say that he was having trouble finding plays in the card. That made me nervous because we have fired on <laughs> so much. Because I, I told you this might be my biggest card of the too. year. Yeah, we had like nine plays we talked about on the Sunday pod. Oh my god! <laughs> this yeah, not not my biggest play, not my biggest card of the year. Maybe my biggest card of ever since the podcast started. I might oh, have wow. like nine, ten plays. I oh, love wow. everything. He's mm. hoping for six and four. Okay, well, let's keep the listeners in suspense for a hot minute because you know I did I did some reflecting this week uh, on having a tough tough uh, NFL Sunday. Um, and, you know, I feel like this time of year, it's worth shining a little light on this sort of thing. Uh, you know, this is a really, and, and obviously there's probably a lot of new listeners to this pod um, who haven't gone through the highs and lows with us through the years. Um, there are probably some new betters in the space who have stumbled upon the deep dive who are, um, you know, going through these f- themselves for the first, first time. Winning Tribulations. 
and um, trials. Yeah. And I, you know what? It, it tends to focus this time of year. I feel like, like around Thanksgiving, like it gets really intense. If you're new to this, new to sports betting, and I'm reflecting on kind of my experience when I was new to this, it gets really intense this time of year because now football's on every day. If you're handicapping college football, it's on every day. If, if you're just, you know, if you get the taste, oh man, I can bet on a sport like every day. Like maybe now you're like betting college basketball. Now that's every day. Right. Yeah, we're recording now, this on a Tuesday night. There's matching as well Wednesday. as is it Wednesday? It's definitely Wednesday. Oh my God, dude, you're right. I, I keep thinking like it, people are going to listen to this a day from now. Yes. So I, I got backed up a day and that screwed me all. It is, indeed, it is indeed Wednesday, <laughs> but there, yeah, there's two match games going on right now. Yep. There's eight. Nine NBA games going on as we speak. There are two <laughs> NHL games, and then just I'm not even going to try to count how many college basketball games on. At least 30 of them going on right now. So, yeah, you can really get in deep, especially if you're the person who just said, I'm going to bet football. Yeah. You, load up, you load up a bankroll. You start betting just, just Sundays, maybe the primetime games, then all of a sudden you have – you have like five leagues to bet into us suddenly. Yeah. And I tell you what, I mean, just from personal experience, you know, like, like, like best case scenario, you have like a broad network of people who are experts in all of these, if you're actually betting in these markets, but most people don't, especially when they get started. Um, and you know, my personal experience is when you are betting multiple sports at the same time, you know, you, you miss stuff. You have to, you, you have a certain amount of time in your day that you're going to be able to dedicate to your handicapping process. And you introduce a new sport, you're going to have to cut that in half. You introduce five sports. Now you're cutting it five ways, right? And whether, you know, if you can't, you know, dedicate the same time and energy into a handicap anymore, it's not going to be as good. You're not going to get all the information. It's not going to be as sharp. You're not going to have as good a read. And, you know, this, I always struggle with it this time of year, trying to do NBA and NFL at the same time. Uh, and back in the day when I would try to bet college basketball, like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, next week it gets even more insane. There's three Thanksgiving Day games. You feel like you have to bet every one every which way. And there's, we will. And <laughs> there's preseason college basketball tournaments, which means there's daytime college basketball on. And oh that God. that becomes a thing, and then you're like, "Oh my God, I can bet during the day." Like you, you went. I, know, this, I mean, right? I know where you're going you, you, with you, this. You know, you re- oh, went through this, but right? You're, you are speaking my language. <laughs> I mean, eventually you get to the point where you enjoy it, but I can tell you for sure, if you're inexperienced and you go through this, like, be prepared, like, because it's going to get tough. It's going to get rough, and you could find some success. You could think you're good at this. You could have been listening to our podcast last week and heard all of our takes and thought that's stupid i'm putting my life savings on the new england money line or i'm gonna parlay the you know all of the favorites because i don't see any loser on on across all of these favorites and maybe you hit it and maybe you feel like you won the lottery and maybe you feel like you know what you're doing but you know without a doubt like this time of year gets very very tough and um as high as the highs are the lows are just as bad if not worse uh, and so just well, kind that's of proven <laughs> loss, loss aversion. Loss aversion. <laughs> I mean, it, a, a loss is supposed to feel twice as bad as the wind feels good. And that's yeah. true. So, right. So just kind of be cognizant. If your results aren't what you think they ought to be, just be cognizant of the fact that you may not be putting as much time into all of your different sports because there's so much going on. Uh, and similarly, if you're doing well, if you had a great run to start college basketball, for instance, like, don't think that that gives you some license to now go up your stakes and get yourself in trouble as we get into this uh, 
these uh, neutral court uh, college basketball tournaments because I that, I went through this uh, like I my my most my, my lowest point as a gambler I think I had two one of them was uh, in Hawaii on vacation with Not my last family. Sunday? Not last Sunday. No, 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 no. In Hawaii on vacation with my family and uh, over Thanksgiving, probably five years ago, I want to say, and um, got way into college basketball early in the season, had a great run and was doing well in NFL and just absolutely dumped like an entire bankroll practically over a handful of days while on vacation because I just didn't have the time and energy to do the do the work. And, you know, got it to the point where I, I couldn't believe how much of my, you know, bankroll that I had built up over the course of the football season, I had just evaporated in like two days and chased, lost more. And I was an absolute miserable wreck in fucking paradise. And not, I, I know for sure I ruined that vacation for my family. So, um, you know, yeah, hopefully you're, don't, you're don't, bad, don't do what I did. a bad family yeah. member. Yeah, well, in that in that moment, it was it was extremely bad. So it makes me um, think I've done that. I I didn't ruin a vacation, but man, like, don't let it become a job unless you know you actually are making it a job. I guess that's the outlier, but that's such a small percentage. I can remember being on a cruise, and it was last it was last year, and the numbers start, we went, we stopped somewhere on an Island and I was laying on the beach having a lot of fun. I was enjoying the shit out of this beach. And then I realized what time it was. And it was like 3 PM central and yeah. college, college basketball numbers were popping. I'm like, shit, I have my, cause it, I, normally I could have run all my numbers and sure. just like, and, and brought them with me. It was all on my laptop and a thinking man would have run all my numbers put together what I made all the spreads for that day and brought them with me and just a document on my phone. And I could have, you know, looked at it from the beach, but I didn't have my laptop. I didn't have my numbers. And I remember just stressing out on the beach and it ruined my beach day. Yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, Hey, I got to walk back to the boat quick. And I walked like a mile and a half back to the boat to get on the boat and run. And it, it was like a short slate too. It was a weird, it was like, it was like 20 games. It wasn't even yeah. a big slate. I ran it just to make like three college basketball bets to walk another, you know, mile and a half back to the beach. So don't mm-hmm. let it, don't let it affect you like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, Cause, yeah, cause you know, when I'm looking back on that, like, uh, you know, I, I wasted like two hours to have a two in one day. <laughs> yeah. I should, I should just be like, you know, I'm passing cause I'm on the beach in, I think it was somewhere in somewhere in the Bahamas. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. an awesome day. Yeah. There was like a double rainbow. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. It sounds so, like fairness. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, you know what I'm getting at too, too right? Like yeah. holidays are coming up. Like it's getting darker. Like this is when you got to worry about your mental health a little bit. And you really got to be conscientious about, you know, your, the emotional aspects of this, I feel like. Um, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt if you need you know, if you need to reach out to anyone, DM me or Andy, our DMs are open. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can learn from our experiences in yeah, this, to this yeah, point. If you're, if you're <laughs> like losing don't sleep. have to repeat history. Yeah. yeah if, you're, if you're like losing sleep or like getting mad at people that yes. you shouldn't get mad at because of yeah. how your betting went that day. 100% been there. Like 100%. Especially around the holidays. Oh, like, yeah. You're like. I was going to use that money to buy Christmas presents. Now I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, oh, I, like I've, been my, I I've, been, I've been there. <laughs> that's why I put my wife in, in charge of Christmas presents. 
my son wants a drum set like oh like drums and i oh, know jesus, like dude. what sane person oh, i might do it oh too. jesus I oh just jesus. put it in the garage or something <clears throat> All so right. with all this talk of betting responsibly, let's talk about 15 plays we like. Yes. I'm going to go through each side and total that I'm betting. It's just, I have a, a 25 team parlay. Yep. Um, oh, Thursday night. Yeah, we talked. Thursday night was going to be good. You set this one up. Okay. You start. Okay. Um, we bet, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think you did too, but I know I for sure did. I have liability on Indianapolis Colts to win the AFC South. Yep. I bet it at a time in a place where we thought they had the best quarterback, the best coach and the best general manager across the entire conference or the entire division. And it wasn't close. Uh, they had a very favorable number back in May. And I was like, this is one of those that's worth sitting on for all of these months. Lo and behold, Andrew Luck retires. And here we are with Jacoby Brissett now, but, uh, he still may be. Good enough to get it done. There's hope. There is hope. And I am now staring at this number because I want to get involved in Indy. I'm probably going to play it at plus three and a half. But I just, I need a little bit of a kind of a breakdown and confidence boost here from you. I heard a great take that you did on you better, you bet on this specific angle. I thought it was very, very good. Um, and it made me want to be like, look, I'm, I'm doubling down. Like this is probably for the division. Uh, the Colts still are going to have to take care of business at home against Tennessee to truly get it done. But this is this is an enormous leverage game. And you have the better coach on a short week, and you have an offense that is getting some pieces back. They showed you a dynamic passing attack that we saw in the last matchup and haven't seen since, so we know it's there. And they're keeping it in place for this game. Are those the only angles that you see? for backing the Colts in this spot? Do you think they're live to get this win? And are they going to get the AFC South title home for us? Yeah, like you referenced, I did talk about this game a little early in the week with uh, Costas and Lockie Lockerson. Love those guys. Always fun talking. But, yeah, I'm with you. The three and a half, I have it. It's funny. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's a numbers grab. And, you know, this one's off and I'm grabbing it. I have this as a three. Like it's not it's not some huge edge, but I just thought the three and a half might evaporate, and even at the three, I might have been tempted with Indy anyway. I just saw a Deshaun Watson that held onto the ball forever and tried to be the hero, and he is he's just he's more of a liability when he's playing like that. His receivers aren't helping him out a ton, and they still are dealing with a ton of injuries. Both teams are, but God, what is the guy's name? It's funny he won't even be the starter. Jonathan Williams, the, yeah. the guy, he was a third stringer. He had like 150 damn yards and yeah. not on that many touches. He looked great. That offensive line, Marlon Max, it sucks. Like he's having surgery. He's done. It sucks to lose him, but maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's just that offensive line, that head coach, the offensive coordinator, the scheme, the blocking schemes, because I mean, both didn't matter. Jonathan Williams looked great. Uh, it's going to be Jordan Wilkins starting. So the combination of those two should be fine. Like I said, the offensive line is just full of road graders, full of studs. Road graders. Jacoby Brissett's yes. going to be, he's going to be just fine behind there. Um, you know, this time last year, they had some JJ. They had some Jadavian. They got none of that. The pass rush is much tamer, doesn't have the teeth that used to. He's gonna have he's gonna have a lot of time back there. And T.Y. Hilton practiced today. <laughs> oh boy, that's I mean that's I I bet this three and a half, and I said I'm calling it eighty percent. T.Y. does not play in my head. I, I made it eighty twenty. I'm still probably putting it fifty fifty. 
Okay. It's a short week. It wasn't technically a full practice today. It was just more of a, I don't know. It was more than a walkthrough, but less than a practice. It didn't quite make sense what the reporter was saying, but it wasn't like a full contact practice. And sure. again, it, it is, it's because the game's tomorrow, tonight, if you listen to this on Thursday. Sure. So if he plays, that's just gravy on my grits, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, Watson, Watson just, he didn't look great. And this is for the division, and then coaching mismatch of the season. Maybe yeah. well, there's, there's two of them this week. <laughs> if, you, if you can think of what the other one is oh, kudos because it's it's not tough but well yeah, yeah. Uh, i love indy plus three and a half here i think they're live to win it I like uh, this, this yeah. is i think the winner of this goes on to win the division yep so i mean if you do have a lot of indy liability i don't blame you for staying off this like essentially you're already betting indy money line here <laughs> you need you need this one this one the is longest sweat yeah. if that doesn't if that if that eventually goes through man we're having a party to celebrate just that um okay well i agree with all your takes there uh i'm interested a little bit more in your take on deshaun watson trying to do too much you think that it's simply that his – I mean, is, is, is it not correlated with his offensive line performance, which seems to be inconsistent? It is inconsistent. I was, I was enjoying it for him because I like Deshaun Watson. I want him to succeed. He's a fun quarterback. He, he, can, he can make plays with his arms and his legs, but he's, he's kind of doing the opposite of, of uh, Lamar, our boy. It's like, you know, Lamar seems to just have like this – you know, the the old cliche that the announcers just say, that internal clock where he just knows, like, all right, nothing's open, I'm taking off, or nothing open, I'm rolling out, nothing's open, I'm throwing this away. <laughs> like, Deshaun does not seem to have any clock. He just – he's going to hold on to the ball forever, and that just leads to strip sacks, it leads to bad decisions, it, it leads to the, the offensive line who has been inconsistent having to block forever. And mm-hmm. Indy, Indy has some decent pass rushers. So I'm, I'm seeing a bit of a – I don't want to disparage the offensive line because they've, they've played better than in years past. That's certainly you know, true. But I think we can definitely see a little mismatch from the Indy pass rush if he's going to hold on to the ball for seven, eight, nine seconds like that. That's, mm-hmm. They're going to get awful sick of the edge rush from Indy. Yeah, how about the um, ankle injury potentially? Did you make anything of that in that and Baltimore game? Didn't look like it hurt it him. It didn't that look much, terrible. But he just had a bad day. Hell. Yeah, he, no. he bad day, bad decisions, and then playing in such a bad game state the whole time. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. Um, imagine hanging Miami Heat first half minus six. Unbelievable. 75 50 at halftime. Um, we carry on. The Sunday games is great. The Sunday slate is great. The one o'clock slate is the same sort of thing we went through week four, where they just have chalked this pack full of games, and we are going to have to be very careful of what we are dedicating our eyeballs to. We're probably going to miss stuff. We're all going to have to lean on in each other to kind of catch up anything that we get that yeah, we missed. Nine, nine um, games at noon and only yeah. too late. That's and this rough. one, and what speaking of doozy. Miami. Speaking of Miami, they head to Cleveland uh, in a game that I likely won't watch, but I have one of my favorite plays of the week on, and it is the over, 44 and a half. It, this... down, it ticked down. I bet this, too. This is one we have a lot of, like, either either this ship is sailing to the beautiful, you know, what a paradise of Valhalla, 
or it is going down in flames because we agreed on quite a bit this week. It did tick down to 44. It's back to 44 and a half. We both bet this over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, make, make your case for it and I'll see if I had similar takes or anything else. Um, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing fine quarterback. He can move the ball on you. He can score. The only times that he really falls apart is when he's under extreme duress because he has an absolute joke of an offensive line. That is neutralized. But, yes, <laughs> that, no, this, that, this is all, the biggest part for me. All of the Cleveland pass rushers will be watching this game from the sidelines as opposed to in uniform uh, trying to make Ryan Fitzpatrick's life miserable. That sets up for a pretty clear and obvious advantage for Miami to get into the 20s here, in my opinion, because Cleveland's pass defense is not great if they're not getting a pass rush. And, um, you know, the on the other side, like this is, you know, a couple weeks in a row, Mayfield hasn't made a mistake. A couple weeks in a row, he's put together a reasonable performance and gotten a win. And now here we sit with uh, an opportunity to really put together a confidence-inspiring performance. Um, I think maybe the the ding on the total might have been questionable, surprise questionables from Landry and Beckham, but I don't I expect yeah. both of those guys to go. They'll and play. Miami's pass defense, Miami's pass defense is like wildly gross. It's it's like super gross. What they, a get right game for OBJ. So yes, and OBJ, Landry, Mayfield, like this is the kind of mm-hmm. game where you stack them in fantasy and even, you are like, holy shit, like they scored 44? Like, wow. Yeah, even the two running backs. Like, I think everybody on that offense is going to have a fun day. And you hit it on the head. I said that to somebody. I said, Miami, Miami might get to 21 here. Even if one of them is a garbage time touchdown, like Fitzpatrick's not bad. He's never been a bad quarterback. He's never been a great, great quarterback. But if they can get zero pressure on him, He's gonna be he's gonna be okay even with a really shitty line and some questionable receiving options. They'll get theirs. They'll get 17, 21 points, I think. And uh, you know, Cleveland Cleveland can take care of the rest because that is, you know, we talk about tight end funnel, wide receiver funnel, running back funnel, whatever funnel. This is just a this is just a, a team doing good funnel. Yeah, I mean, you saw Chubb Hunt. Uh, they have so many. We talked about Buffalo in in the yeah. in the rehash. We talked about like Buffalo didn't they didn't do anything fancy. They just said well, the, we're you know a better team. They're they're a bad defense. We're just going to run our offense and it's going to work. We don't have to get cute with it. This is going to work and we're going to score thirty points. Yeah, they right. Certainly I did. It's going to be the yes. same thing except with better receivers, a better quarterback. Yep. yep. I don't know. I, I like Singletary, but real good running backs too. Yeah, I have uh, Cleveland's best, most likely outcome here is 31 points. They're an offense that I think is being underpriced by the market because they've played against some extremely tough defenses to this Mm -hmm. point in the season. Um, And so basically I'm asking Ryan Fitzpatrick and Miami Dolphins to get to 14. Is that too much? (laughs) They can get to 14, right? And even, even though, you know, we say Miami's secondary is shit and they might not have a pass rush in, in Cleveland, both of these guys are liable for a pick six. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. There might, there might be some favorable field position at some point in this game too. So it's no, a great I'm point. more than happy to take this number. I love it. It's a great point. All right. Why don't you tee up uh, Buffalo? <laughs> this, yeah, this was one I didn't have much on. This is one I wasn't super excited about. 
<laughs> Buffalo plays Denver. Denver looked good. I joked about this last week. Is it going to be like Minnesota's pass defense sucks? So we're going to see a bunch of Allen to Sutton, and I mean Sutton and Fant are good. It's yeah. a it's a decent uh, a decent combo. Yeah, two two good young receivers for sure. Very yeah, very good young receivers. Allen has been decent. That's kind of the theme for being an Allen in the league this year. And you know Minnesota's pass defense is soft as baby shit. So. <laughs> that was bound to happen, but I mean, just young team, young quarterback, still new coach. It's it's a tough a tough way to lose a game when you had such a big lead. But Minnesota's offense is it's a good it's a playoff team. Like that that was that was a rough way to lose, and there's no better way than to than a bounce back is to go play a much better defense on the road with a young quarterback. It's not a great spot for Denver, nevertheless. They're taking money. Probably opened it a little too big. The total's tiny. That's probably right. And I, th- I think something you do have to look for when you're handicapping too is, is like total compared to spread. You know, when you have when you have a tiny little spread of like 37. Mm-hmm. You know, if a to- if a, sp- or a total's small like that. It may, maybe is that spread a little too big because you're not expecting yeah. a ton of points where it takes a bit to differentiate yourself when you, both teams are, you know, supposed to score right around 20. I agree with all of this. A very, very strong points. And I guess, do, do you think that in that the market is telling us something about Brandon Allen here? Because I was surprised that they opened this five because he's covered emphatically now two weeks in a row, including just in a hostile environment on the road um, against the Vikings. Almost got the upset as a 10 yeah. and a half point dog. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, were you surprised this opened as big as it did? And that, I mean, that was something I talked about just now was the Buffalo defense, but how about the Denver defense? I mean, this, it's not exactly, I don't want to, I don't want to build up Kirk cousins because Kirk cousins is still mediocre most days. Sure. But this is Josh Allen and the receiving core they have is not Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs. This is not That's, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, good point. It, it's not the same offense. So I get the – I mean, the spread feels just about right. I'm not getting involved. I get five being a bit too much. And, you know, the move from five to four, maybe even three and a half, a few books, isn't a huge move. But uh, I understand it. I'm I'm staying away from this one. If I had to lean – if it keeps going down – Buffalo minus three and a half doesn't look terrible because uh, this is who's, who's Brandon Allen played now. Is this the toughest defense? He beat the Browns and he almost beat the Vikings. This is the toughest defense. Yes. But, and it's, and it's I, on the road. He might, but he might be, I mean, he might be, um, uh, he might be a competent quarterback. Uh, like he's not going to, you know, he, he, there's no reason to think he will one day be, you know, the next Pat, Pat Mahomes, but um, certainly more aware of, in, in the pocket than Joe Flacco, which is important when you have a, you know, he's looked, a deep he's offensive all right line for, that's, been, uh, that's been struggling, especially at the tackle position. I think it's tough to get thrown in in the middle of the season. I'd like to see, a, I'd like to see somebody actually have some empirical evidence on that, like rookies or young players who've had – the preseason and you know that said like the job is yours you're working with the ones through the offseason compared to the guys that have to come in like Allen Minshew Allen things like that where you have to step in for an injury 
early on in your career like that, it, how that affects a player. Mm. Oh, this sometimes is our it's first, like though. sometimes it's like you, you don't have time to think. Like, uh, yep, you're you're with the ones now. Yeah, this is our first Allen versus Allen matchup, huh? Oh shit! <laughs> we haven't changed our opinion at all on Josh Allen, right? No, he's a fine. He's a fine player. I think a lot of that is on the head coach. They know what they have. They're making the best of it, and they're going to go to the playoffs with this team. They have a great defense. Josh Allen is an athlete. He can do a lot of things with the ball. He's still inaccurate. His deep ball sucks ass. But, I mean, he, he can run. He had, like, four total touchdowns last week. Granted, you know, it is what it is when you play a team like that. But at the same time, they got it done. It's a smart coach. I still – I lean Buffalo. I think the coaching mismatches there. Not, um, not high on Fangio. Is this a good matchup for Philip Lindsay? Kind of seems like it, right? Like the kind of rushing attack he brings to the table, I feel like is going to be successful against Buffalo. Honestly, both running backs. Freeman and Lindsay. Just well, the rushing no, the game other side in general. Too, Singletary oh, oh too. Singletary, yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean, and you can see the totals thirty-seven. Yeah, and a half. okay. I think yeah, okay. I think yeah. I think the market yeah. agrees with us too. Like, yeah, the running backs might have a good day here. Okay, so it's going to be a yeah. pass. Yep. Okay. Um, all right, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I've waffled on this, and I need some guidance. We talked about it on Sunday. We thought that seven points for Cincinnati was pretty ridiculous because. This team is kind of finally, they're giving us a legit, honest effort. And they covered a nice, big, fat number against Oakland last week. Uh, and um, their defense is showing signs of life. Uh, Ryan Finley looks like he may be uh, short-term, at least, an upgrade over Andy Dalton. Um, they still have very, very, very problematic, you know, uh, weapons in terms of you know health status among their weapons uh, i think you're going to see a pretty heavy dose of joe mixon in this game and whether that is successful against pittsburgh's defense or not is questionable um but i, I do not see how pittsburgh scores points in this game i don't see it I feel like the best look on this one might be Pittsburgh team total under. The only thing that would scare me would be Pittsburgh's defense coming up with defensive scores. Um, Mason Rudolph without his center, without, you know, with, with injuries to other key components on his offensive line, without Juju Smith-Schuster, without, with James Conner banged up. Uh, this is a disaster waiting to happen, I feel like. I just I don't see how they're going to effectively move the ball in Cincinnati. I know we saw these two teams play once previously on Monday Night Football. Cincinnati tackled exceptionally poorly, and it was, what, a 24-3 game? Um, that has kind of spooked me into looking harder at the under here than Cincinnati. Uh, do you have a feeling one way or the other, which is the stronger position? I like everything you said. Yeah, the, the team total under. God, that might not be a terrible angle. The under, yeah. Because while I bet I bet Cincinnati seven was too much, I paid fifteen cents for it. I was fine with that. It's still, it's still a key number, one of the keyest of key numbers. <laughs> I was happy, to, yeah. happy to have it. I knew that you know not everyone would have that around. There's some sixes popping. I'm not sure what this number is going to do on Sunday or even later in the week. Like, I, I just think about like in what world could you make a case for Pittsburgh other than. Cincinnati's 0 and 10. 
Yeah. I get I, it. I, I almost yeah. think Cincinnati is live to get a win. <laughs> well, like, if they, no, I, I thought about that earlier today. Like, if yeah. they, I looked at their schedule. If they do play Miami, but if they get a win, it might be here. They're at home. Pittsburgh missing their starting center. Juju is pretty doubtful at this point. Deontay, probably not there. And then Connor banged up, possibly the same kind of situation where he goes out early because that shoulder's still hurting or he doesn't play at all or he's limited. So the offense has looked bad, even with Juju in. Mason's not great. We might see some duck. Do you think we see some duck? Uh, we were talking the, on if it's not if, out of the realm of possibility. Honestly, if Miles Garrett doesn't attack Mason Rudolph with his helmet on Monday Night Football, I think it's very live because I think there there would have been a little bit more uh, focus Do you think there's and pity? concentration. There's no pity. You can't take him oh, out because he got maybe, attacked on the maybe. field. I, I, was going, funny. I was going. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> no, That's I was hilarious. going with the direction of there wasn't as much attention paid to how utterly horrific he was in that Browns game. Like it was, it was like a rope dope almost. No, like no, it, it was, was like a, it was a distraction. Like, like people were not zeroed in and focused on this guy's not getting it done. We should see if Hodgers has got a live arm. Uh, instead, they were like, "Wow, how crazy was that guy? Got attacked by a helmet." Yeah, you know, no, he, I, like, he honestly, threw forty four times, completed just over half of them, threw for four picks. He yeah. was terrible. Most there of the one, picks too. You saw them coming as he was dropping back. Yeah, and he probably could have thrown six. He was atrocious. He All right, Geno Adkins, <laughs> Dunlap. They have good pieces up front. You're going to be they missing do. another piece of your offensive line. If this pass rush gets to Mason Rudolph, yeah, they're live. Absolutely. This is going to be hilarious when Pittsburgh wins 35 <laughs> nothing. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's not a good team. Man, they're not a good team. But yeah, it just it's one of those where it feels like Cincinnati gets to 10, 13 points. I don't know how they don't cover. I don't know uh, how yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. scores more. That's where Pittsburgh team total under the under Cincinnati. These are all correlated. <sighs> Obviously, the team total and the under are. But the, the Cincinnati and the under are super correlated. If yeah. Pittsburgh can't score, it's it's coming home. So, yep, that was yeah. one of my favorite bets of the week. Okay, so we'll look at all of them, and I'll decide which one I end up paying with the greatest of focus on my card. Yeah. Uh, probably going to put be, all three on. It's probably going to be the under thirty nine and a half. I think is pretty pretty damn yeah. strong. I like. That. I, I don't. I really don't. I don't. I really don't think Cincinnati's offense all of a sudden breaks out because I still respect Pittsburgh's defense, even though. And honestly, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense only given up 21 points to the Browns last week was impressive. You know, like that could have gotten way out of hand. Um, yeah. You know, they basically you know, three scoring drafts. Like that's, that wasn't bad at all by them. Um, anyway, tee us up on this one, which I really am struggling to find anything to say about. Yeah, this is uh, the Giants off a of bye. And do we have any news on the quarterback thing with Mitch's um, doing air quotes injury? We're expecting Mitch. I think we're expecting Mitch. I don't know if it matters. I don't make I don't make Chase like a big downgrade. They were the same. Uh, Mitch Trubisky ran the ball a lot Dead last end. year, and he just he doesn't do it anymore. I don't understand if it's game planning, if he's been told not to, if it's something he's doing consciously, but he's made himself one-dimensional, and it's a bad dimension because he's not a good thrower. He's got a good receiver. He's got a decent running back. And this offense is just hot, hot, hot garbage. That said, <laughs> the New York Giants secondary and the New York Giants 
linebacking core can be picked at. If there was ever a game to get those poor sad sacks in Chicago excited again, doesn't this just feel like Mitch Trubisky has a decent game because he's playing a sad, sad secondary and yes. everybody gets their hopes up again? Like, oh, man, hey, guys, remember last year? We are good. Like Chicago's back. <laughs> They're favored by six. The Giants aren't good. The Chicago still with, you know, missing pieces up front. Opportunistic defense against a kid who is thrown, according to the PFF folks, the third most turnover-worthy plays in the league. Wow. And he has not played as much as the other two ahead of him. He didn't Holy start the smokes. season. So Danny Dimes, a little careless with the ball, with a with – a, you know, a secondary, a defense that had like 27 picks last year. I can see Chicago offense. Maybe if you don't look at the box score and you see that they won by 14, like, oh, Mitch is good. Like, nah, you know, a couple of those drives started at like the 25 <laughs> because Danny Dimes <laughs> got strip sacked hard. So yeah. I, I don't want to lay – I'm not saying lay points with Chicago. I'm not nuts. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> But I'm the, the the look here should be the under, but the way the Giants defense plays, I, I'm not so sure I want to get super involved with this with two quarterbacks who super volatile, like they yeah. can throw a lot of picks. I'm I'm not excited about getting involved in a game with as much variance as this. It it should be a rocking chair yeah. sleeping under like we saw in the Rams game, but um, no thanks. I think you're not alone. I think the market is largely yawning at this game, not giving us much of an indication one way or another. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, these are two, these are two franchises that are in a little bit of trouble. Um, I don't know where they go from here, honestly, I, Chicago, especially, I really don't know where they go from here. That Sunday night football performance was really, that was quite sad. I'm very disappointed in how Matt Nagy has devolved as a leader of men. And, um, you know, I think losing Vic Fangio maybe just put a little bit too much on Nagy's plate this year. He needed to bring in some young, thoughtful, offensive guy and teach him in the offseason how he wanted to shape this offense and, you know, done more of the, the old uh, kind of true head coaching routine and uh, maybe taking some of the, you know, some of the, uh, responsibilities off of his plate in terms of coordinating the offense coming up the script would have helped overall because you know they're they used to be a team you could count on to have a nice first 15 place and put a little pressure on a team and get some scores on the board and put and uh you know and, and it really has gone sideways on them in a hurry this year and i don't i think it's fair to put to distribute the blame between trubisky and nagy i don't think it's 50 50 i think it's probably 80, 20 or 70 30 but um but both both uh, both guys i think are pretty responsible for the state of the bears at this point and uh on top of their uh on top of their management who uh you know gave a hell of a lot of pieces away for a player in mac that is only effective if you have strength across your entire d-line as we're running this year so yeah we're not talking about him as much this year are we no sure not surely are not in fact we'll go down to oakland jets next but uh isn't there basically uh, somebody like who was a second or third day draft choice from the uh, Raiders who has as many sacks as Khalil yeah, Mackister? Jesus, that's wild. Um, we we need to cool our jets a little bit on all of the praise being heaped on Mike Mayock too, by the way, because he also wasted quite a few of his. You know, he he 
overdrafted quite a lot in especially in the first round um but we will uh we'll get to the raiders and their performance overall this season once it's all said and done uh i think they're vulnerable i do want you want you talk sacks i want to shout out chandler jones he's on yeah, high, but 12 and a half sacks quietly chandler jones chandler stud jones. again stud again chandler half. Jones. he's got five more games yeah, yeah, twelve man. and a half sacks. Good. John Bones isn't John Bones Jones rising too. The Jones brothers are on the rise. The Jones brothers, Jonas brothers. The Jonas brothers are on the rise. Um, Benson Mayoa. I would say Oakland here heading to the Meadowlands is in a, is in is potentially in a trouble spot. Ass is in the jackpot. Their ass is in the jackpot. I still don't know what that means. That never made sense to me. Oh, it makes perfect. Are you kidding me? You don't get that? No. That, that I heard the first time I heard it. I'm just picturing it. You know, an ass and a jackpot. It makes so much sense. Um, the Raiders next week have Cleveland. I'm sorry, a Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City. Excuse me. Three three tries. Uh, the uh, Raiders have Kansas City coming off of their bye in a game that is set up for monumental importance in their hopes to win the West. Uh, and this week they're coming in as three and a half point or three point favorites to a Jets team that the market in general has given up on. Um, that was until some influential money came in and grabbed some three and a halfs in this game to move the number to minus three. That was a good move. I think that was a really good move. Uh, and at this point, I don't know that I love, you know, if you're going to get involved with the Jets, you might as well take them on the money line because I think the game state here, you know, kind of plays to a 50-50 type of game. Um, I also think the game state here does not will not allow Oakland to play the type of game we saw from them last week against Cincinnati, where they just ran the ball a lot and made the clock and didn't really have to be aggressive offensively. I think we're seeing with the Jets a team that is clicking offensively, a team that is going to be able to score early and often, put pressure on the Raiders and make them, you know, make them give you an honest offensive effort. Uh, that leads me in the direction of over 46 and a half at this point because three and a halfs are long gone. And um, I'm, I'm swinging away on this over. I think when, you know, this, this sets up, I think very similarly to like Oakland, Detroit, where you're going to have score for score touchdowns, not field goals. And I think, um, I mean, I'm believing, I'm believing this week in Mayfield and Darnold, both of them, both of these young quarterbacks that have had just very, very uh, underwhelming seasons to this point have gotten, done virtually nothing with their young teams while Lamar Jackson is on his way to an MVP. Uh, I th- but I think that they are buy-on quarterbacks here down the stretch. Mayfield and, and Darnold. Damn right. Yeah, they both, like the have, they both have ah, – I do, but I did grab that three and a half early, like you okay. alluded to. That, that one felt so right. And that has moved down. <clears throat> There's a, even a couple of books who have ticked to two and a half. I don't think it's going to, like, shoot down. It's not going to continue. There will be buyback at two and a half. I it's agree. still the Jets. It's still a close game. This is another one I had. I have this rated just below three. I The three and a half is a nice number. I am still a believer, especially after what I saw. Darnold is not a bad quarterback when he has confidence. He has a good receiver. They don't have – I don't. I'm not a big Gase guy. He's he's not the idiot everyone makes him out to be. No, he's, he's not. He's not a terrible coach. He's middle of the pack. They can get this game done. And Oakland, everybody, what's everybody talk about with Oakland? The young running back. The Jets yeah. have the number one 
top of the heap running defense in the league. So they're going to have to beat them through the air. They're going to take away something that they've been relying on, something that's worked well for Oakland. And, uh, yeah, Jamal Adams. I, I made this joke with somebody else. It's, maybe he's a maybe he's an edge rusher because when he comes up, he said six sacks in the last three games. He's a hell of a player. I'm excited <laughs> about it. Like maybe maybe bring him up close to the line of scrimmage. Rush, have him rush the quarterback a little more. He's a he's a stud. I'm excited about the some of the some of the pieces this team has. They're not a good team. They're not going to make the Super Bowl. They're not going to get me into the playoffs like I had hoped earlier in the season. That ship sailed with an ugly loss to Miami. Yes. I mean, Crowder, Robbie, I think think they can get some stuff done on offense. And, yeah, uh, Oakland probably does too. But I'll take the points here. I don't mind your overlook. Okay. Okay. Four people who could not get involved in three. I mean, if, oh, if, 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 you're not buying three. Important. Point, right? No way. No, no, don't buy. Don't no, buy no, points. No, no, no. Please no, no, never no. buy points. Thank you. Unless it's a teaser. Um, <laughs> well, that's buying points technically. Yeah. But, there's yeah, but you can buy them. You can buy them in a cheap way. You can buy them cheaper what, than yeah. they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, and we've talked about this all season. This is the NFL's. 100th year celebration. This is the game this year. Can is you it? tell me can you tell me why? Jets Raiders. Uh I'm going to guess because Broadway Joe beat the Raiders in the AFC title game to go to Super Bowl 3. That's very true, but not exactly the reason it really? was it was the Heidi game. Oh and it wasn't the game. It wasn't the. It was, and it was called the oh. AFL title game back then. By the way, but it was the AFL earlier title. in the season. Yes, the, it was probably the last AFL. Title well, they they only too. they only I think right? You're right. They only allotted so much time for a game because games didn't take as long. And this one had a shitload of incompletions, a shitload of penalties, a ton of scoring, <laughs> and it it went over. And they just started Heidi. So people missed Oakland scoring two touchdowns in the last minute of the game. To, mm. to win a pretty exciting game. And then, like you said, later in the season, the Jets would have their revenge. <laughs> they would go on to beat Oakland and then win Super Bowl three. Oh, great so, story. Yep. Heidi game. The Heidi game. The Heidi oh, game. That's the first one of these 100 ones that I've been like remotely interested in. Um, although I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving Bills, Cowboys, reliving the Leon Lett, Don. Leon Lett. Yeah. <laughs> I know most great. of these were just like these teams play. These teams played in a Super Bowl. The Heidi game was a fun one. So yeah, that's oh good. god, you're gonna make me sit up, Carolina. <laughs> this is the game. This is the game I didn't want to talk about. <laughs> well, talk about your breeze. What did you see? True. Did you do your homework last week? Did you Gross. watch your breezes on? Yeah, it's not, not good. It's still a good team, though. It, like I said, it feels like they're. Well, we talk about smart coaches all the time. I don't know if we give. I don't know if we give him enough credit. Sean Payton's a smart coach. We probably don't. Yeah, we don't give him enough credit because of you know he's just a scumbag who had. <laughs> well, he got suspended for a whole year, and he had that affair. Like he's not a good dude, but he's a. Great I think coach. that suspension. I think that suspension was pretty. No. Agri- was pretty egregious. <laughs> was, it was pretty big. I had no. I didn't think they'd ever give him a year. That was pretty wild. A year suspension. He got to just chill. He got to. You ever see like Tony Romo at the desk with the? That's what. That's what Sean Payton did. He just hung out on the beach. (laughs) Anyway, yes, smart coaches, like we talked about Doug Doug Marone, Jesus Christ. We talked about up in in Buffalo. We talked about out in Baltimore. 
Like you take what you have, you take the strengths, yes, make it work. And if yeah. you've got a noodle armed quarterback, you can still win a Super Bowl. Just ask, yes. Den- just ask Denver. Just ask Denver. That, so, that is the key point. That is that the key is, point. They're they're making it work. They're still a very good team. They're in the driver's seat, obviously for the division, but again, for, in the driver's seat for a, a second seat here too. So. Yeah. You continue to do that. I have no opinion on this spread right now. No. Carolina's it's probably it's probably a little big if you didn't watch last week's game. Like you're like, oh <laughs> yeah. Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen's he's decent. Oh man, the, the, the interception <laughs> yeah, regress. Yes. If you were on vacation. All his last interceptable week. passes got yeah. intercepted. He's <laughs> he's fallen back to earth. He's still not terrible, but yeah, going on the road. Against a very good team, the the D backs have played up a little bit. Uh, if you throw out the sleepwalking game at uh, versus Atlanta, I, I still don't know what to make of that. Every every I team has either. a game like that, I guess. But yeah, uh, you know, still a great team. It's probably a few too many points, but I'm certainly not going to lay. I'm certainly not taking the points with what I saw from Kyle Allen last week. No, and Carolina's defense has regressed hard too. Mm-hmm. They must have had a couple of key injuries that we didn't identify very carefully that are contributing to some of their regression in the defensive side of the ball. Um, on the New Orleans point, and I, I think it's worth doubling down on this uh, because I've, I continuously like look at Breeze, look at Brady's performances this year, and I just like I cannot wrap my head around how are these guys going to go score for score with these young quarterbacks who are just lighting the freaking league on fire in the playoffs and playoff experience matters, you know, like the ability to just kind of cool, calm, get a game winning drive when you need it. Like those intangibles still exist for Breeze and Brady and they don't necessarily exist for some of these guys who haven't been in those spots before. That's a good Um, point. I mean, just even just Peyton and Breeze tons of playoff experience. Right. How the hell did Peyton win? Peyton, Peyton Manning's arm was like beyond dead in that Super Bowl run. It was it was beyond. Uh, he couldn't throw. He couldn't throw the ball five yards down the field. Do you remember when he took off on that run down the right side? That was he his most effective. That was probably his his, his most effective, his EPA plus play. That was he probably the run biggest either. one of all. Like, yeah, he looked like a seventy year old man out there. That was a f- yeah. funny Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what happens when you are using HGH and then you suddenly stop. Um, but yeah, the uh, I don't know we're the, talking about his wife today. <laughs> the. Um, the Drew Brees situation, though, like, are you prepared to back the Saints as what six point dogs or three point dogs against uh, Baltimore, Kansas City in the Super Bowl? I mean, that's not happening. You don't. I mean, you don't, you don't think they're going to get there, or you don't think they'll be dogs? You think you'd make them that big of a dog? At least three point dogs. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said six. I was thinking. I, I was thinking. Uh, for some reason, I had home field advantage. I think it would probably probably be Saints are probably going to be about a three point dog. If if yeah, that's because because everyone's going to see what we're seeing once Drew Brees is in the standalone. Everyone's focusing on an NFC title game against whatever. Who, who, who do you think he's going to go? Dallas or San Francisco mm-hmm. or Green Bay or whatever. Like yeah, he's gonna. He's you know, it's going to be the same sort of thing where you know we saw Peyton Manning at home. He beat Tom Brady because they. <laughs> You know, they, they didn't screw up the game, uh, and you know he. What was they, they were uh, three or four point dogs to Carolina? I want to say four, five. 
they were big dogs to Carolina that year. Cam Newton. Yeah, I remember that. Well, Cam was coming off a nice season. <laughs> well, I'm we're presuming that uh, you could have like a 14 and two uh, Lamar Jackson MVP campaign in in uh, down in Miami. Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Hey, God, we're, you ready? To, I gotta figure out where you're ready watching to, the you, Super Bowl. Like, I, like I just asked him, like, are you ready to take the Saints against Baltimore or against Kansas City or even against Tom Brady? No, not against a team getting two weeks to prepare for what they know Peyton and Breeze are gonna do. If it's, I mean, if it's any of those smart coaches, Reed, Belichick, Harbaugh, uh, I'll probably lay the points. Hmm. Is that shade? Is that uh, distant shade at Riverboat Run? I guess. I don't, I don't think that. he's that smart. I think he's just he's he's your friend that always wins that always wins like a, a raffle or buys like one scratcher and wins five hundred dollars. He's he's Riverboat Ron who's been lucky because he, he apparently he, doesn't believe in analytics. He's just he's been he's made some terrible he's made some terrible decisions the last couple of weeks. Do you think yeah, he survives the season? I, I think he has enough equity to make it through the year. He's got the whole quarterback thing to fall on. Ah, oh, we had to go to a backup quarterback. I don't think he gets fired. I'm not worried about him. Okay. Okay. So that was a good side discussion for a game we have no opinion on. Good luck if you bet it. Um, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. I I almost almost made a couple of plays on this game this morning. And then I remembered I'm suspended. Yep. <laughs> I almost violated. Blood. I almost violated. Blood yeah, I almost violated the uh, terms of my suspension, which would have probably netted me a couple more weeks uh, of suspension. probation. Because um, I, because I, I, I want to be able to get involved in Saints Falcons on on Thanksgiving night. If if it, you know, I don't want to have to sit out the halftime Periscope on uh, Thanksgiving night. <laughs> if you know, I need I need to get my I need to serve the suspension and get back on board being able to bet a Falcons game. Um, what is my my general thought is clearly we're seeing the effect of Raheem Morris being shifted to being in charge of the defense and taking that responsibility out of Dan Quinn's hands. Um, Dan Quinn apparently is a, is long, long, long past able to coordinate a defense. And he was, must, must have in some way, shape or form held some responsibility for how poorly they looked through their one and seven start with Raheem Morris at the helm. They are doing a much, much more effective job, especially in coverage. Like you, like the players, they just look like they know where they're supposed to be. There's not just gaping wide open opportunities for teams to pass against them, but they played Drew Brees and Kyle Allen. So there, I almost, I, you know, I almost pulled the trigger on Tampa Bay plus four. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, let's see this defense stop a real passing attack. Yeah. Is there any merit in that? <sighs> These are the two teams that have, been off there's uh, is there a word for this as deviant as our friend plus ev analytics would say these have been the most (laughs) deviant teams according to my power rankings my eye test my belief my thoughts my handicapping they make no sense to me the last couple weeks so uh, it's not a case of like oh i'm scared off of them or something like i just i'm not going to play on this game because I, I haven't been able to make sense of these teams. Uh, Tampa Bay's past production 
has been bad. That's not helping. Jameis can play well, but you just never know what you're going to get. And if, if the pass production isn't there, you're probably going to get bad Jameis. And if you get bad Jameis, you're going to get turnovers at just the worst fucking times. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh... – God, dude, if I told you on Halloween you can have Tampa Bay team total over 23 and a half against the Atlanta defense for minus 110. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Don't make me bet this game. God, I'm not going to do that. it. I, I know. like, But I had the team. So, yeah, I was <clears throat> like, I don't want to say the Baltimore total should have hit. I don't want to say like I was, you know, I hate that when you have touts and people like man we were like six baskets oh, yeah. away from a 10 and 0 day <laughs> but, but only six oh wow like i had yeah i had the, mm. i went i had a four and two week and it felt bad kind of because tampa bay team total over should have hit they had first and goal at the one did not get any points from it mm-hmm. and that was for the for the win on that yeah i don't think mm-hmm. the baltimore houston like we got teased but that wasn't going over after that first quarter things got rough there so but i, I feel like i should have got that win and uh, i just don't know i don't know what i'm gonna see out of Jameis. even at home atlanta's defense is still not good but if if the pass protection is going to be like that for tampa bay that, who knows i i'm not going to get in bed with Jameis again yeah yeah Okay, that's fair. Uh, do you think? Bed. Do you think in a vacuum, Tampa Bay and the over are the correct sides on this one? Even though we're not getting involved, it's just the uncertainty, the broadness of the distribution is so wide it doesn't make sense to bet. Yeah, that probably. Like one I believe yeah. that. <clears throat> okay. Um, it's interesting to me that the market was really warm on Atlanta last week and hasn't moved this number at all this week. Whoever saw value last week is like, oh yeah, no, no, now that's correct. That's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean the the movement. I guess it makes sense, but like I said, blood packed, no no bet. Dead, okay. Done. All right. Let's talk about when we shouldn't bet, but I did. <laughs> you want to this oh, one? Oh, what did you? T- I'm curious. I don't even remember what you. If you said something Sunday, if you said something since uh, Detroit. I don't know. They made they made Dallas's defense look worse than they are. Dallas's defense isn't great, but man, this was not Stafford. Like if you showed me that box score, I'd be like, man, yeah, Stafford. That's what he'll do to you. Like that was Jeff Driscoll, sneaky mobile guy. Maybe that's making the difference. Washington, bit of a obviously we saw it last week. Bit of a passing funnel, running funnel, tight end funnel. Not a good defense, and the offense isn't terrible. With Detroit's Detroit secondary got exposed a little too. That over, I can't believe we missed on that over. That was as soon as that game started. We said that after the first couple of drives, like, "Well, oh, this is this is going to hit like seventy. This is ridiculous. Where did we miss this?" So, uh, decent pass rush. That's the only nice thing I can say about Washington. Decent pass rush and McLaurin. I can't I can't make a case for taking the points. I don't know how many points I really want to lay with a young youngish, less than experienced quarterback on the road, even against a bad secondary. Yeah, I'm shocked that this number got bet up from two and a half to three and a half. Yeah, I, I guess who, getting on the other side of three. That? I mean, maybe maybe it's people who 
wanted to hammer it and take three and a half later. Okay. Just yeah, okay. on a three. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense to me because this is a field goal type of game. Uh, that makes sense to me because I think the game state in Dallas, while that very obviously led to Dallas, Detroit, the game state in that uh, matchup led obviously led to an over. I feel like the game state here obviously leads to an under. You have two relatively young and inexperienced quarterbacks. They're playing outside. They're playing in the, 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 the Ral John field in November is not a nice hey. field. It's not nice. And, um, Jeff Driscoll, Dwayne Haskins, these guys are not going to go out and put on uh, an aerial show for us, scoring short drives, you know, you know short duration drives, long distance drives, um, and uh, going back, back and forth, toe for toe, score for score. This sets up entirely as a grind. Um, the classic we've seen since Callahan has taken over of just wiping out the clock and getting in and out of the game. Maybe they get a win. Uh, maybe they get a loss. Three points is reasonable, but 41 and a half is too many. I like the under here a lot. And I feel like this, I don't, I think the winner of this game probably is under 20 points. This isn't like the, like the Jets last week were on one. Their offense clicked. They put pressure on the board and you know scored and were up big washington came back and scored some garbage time points that's the only reason that box score had so many points i think you'll be sweating this one detroit had 300 yards of offense last week and 27 points that box score is lying to you to a degree yeah. in terms of how that happened i mean you know bears had 300 yards of offense and seven points right like they they just happened to get uh, you know, some, some pretty wonky, lucky scores in that Cowboys game, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, did they have a defensive touchdown even? I, I you know, I know they had a, a, a turnover, but you know, they, they had some, uh, you know, some pretty, um, fortuitous scores to get to 27, I thought. And, uh, I would expect where well, they were perfect in the red zone too, by the way, um, four for four. So a little bit of regression there against a little bit tougher defense with Washington. I don't know. This, is, this sets up as a grind here. I think this game is the first game that ends on <laughs> the one o'clock slate. I think you look up all the rest of the games in the, in the top of the fourth There's quarter. There's one game. Yeah, one of the high scoring games is <laughs> like out, right? four, 14 <laughs> yeah. minutes left in the fourth quarter. No, that's yeah, a good right. call. That's right. Yeah. Cleveland, Miami, Oakland, New, New York Jets. Those <laughs> games are just getting started in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins is being celebrated for his first win as the Washington quarterback, nine to six. Yeah, this is I, – I, I get it. Have at that, but I think you'll be sweating that in garbage time. Probably. That's fair. That's very fair. Let's, uh, let's talk about the last of the early games, a game which was supposed to be the prime time and was flexed out into the 1 o'clock slot, thrown on the trash heap, uh, even though – we have two teams that were expected to contend for an NFC title. One of them coming off by in Seattle and Russell Wilson. Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, potentially bouncing back from their game against the Patriots. Maybe not. A lot of injuries. Offense still broken. A year removed from being contenders. A lot of con conflicting thoughts in my head about Philadelphia. And the market has dumped on them in this spot 
this opened a three. It's a two. It's on its way to a one. It's on its way to a pick, probably. I don't disagree with that at all. Should be. Yeah. And I kind of like Seattle here at a plus money line price before this thing flips. Seattle's most recent game was a Monday nighter against San Francisco where they were the better team and got the win in overtime after some wild shenanigans. I like Jadavian Clowney's play stepping up. I like his matchup against an offensive line that is the walking wounded with Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia with their current roster of wide receivers can legitimately take advantage of Seattle's weaknesses in the secondary. Seattle's also been able to coach up their defensive backs from week one to week 17 over the course of the season. That's like the staple of the Pete Carroll regime, in my opinion. That and he doesn't know when to cut loose his offensive coordinator who's coordinating an offense poorly. Um, he coaches these guys up, and he's got young, talented wide you know, defensive backs that have length, and they're starting to play better. Uh, and you match them up against a bunch of wide receivers that can't catch the ball if it hits them squarely in both hands. I think this sets up for Seattle to get a pretty comfortable win here. I think this is kind of this is the kind of game where questions are asked afterwards about the state of the locker room. Um, a lot of fingers being pointed at Wentz, although I think he's played fine this year. Uh, I worry more about our boy Dougie Doug, who is not coaching very well. He lost Lane Johnson in that Patriots game, and Philadelphia summarily fell apart. Like, where was your plan B? Where was your plan C? Where was any preparation for things went sideways for you in the running in the running game there? Because they did not look to have any kind of plan uh, to to keep themselves competitive in that one. And I know that they were a, a, a catch that hit Aguilar in the hands in the end zone away from a tie game at the end of regulation. But uh, I don't think the New England was the wrong side. I think New England was the right side in that one. And they got a deserved win. Um, and Philadelphia, I'm worried about these guys and the future of their season in 2019. Uh, I think it's we're getting pretty close to putting them on ice, even though they have a super easy schedule down the stretch. Their only tough game remaining after the Seattle game is against the Cowboys. Uh, but uh, I think it's too little too late for them. And I think this is, I mean, that maybe there'll be some buy low spots on Philly down the stretch as they get some oh, of their healthy sure. pieces back. But uh, I think this is, a, this is a bad spot for them. It's funny how many times we've bet against Philly this year between us, as much love as we gave them in the preview, but it's been a rough season for them for injuries. They lost so many important, and like you see the splits and I have to find this. It was, it wasn't an article. Maybe it was just more of a blurb or a tweet, but it showed some of the splits between when Wentz has a deep threat and when he's hurt between Tori and Deshaun. And when he doesn't have a deep threat, things, things get rough. And you've seen what it looked like against, and it is a good secondary. You don't want to take anything away from the Patriots secondary, but he was he was making some bad throws. He was lucky he didn't make bad throws into the arms of more defenders. A lot of them were just missed throws or you know out of bounds. He wasn't yeah. accurate. He didn't look good. Too many injuries. Injuries up front. Injuries to receivers. They don't have linebackers. The defensive secondary is still trash. Uh, Russell Wilson and you know whatever suck at Boston fans if you if you if you don't think this is true Russell Wilson with Lockett is better than Tom Brady and anybody else on the field like that's a better wide receiver to quarterback combo than anything Brady's working with and it, it's it's 
It's not one or the, it's not, you know, on the receiver. It's a little of both. Wilson's a better quarterback than Tom Brady right now. That's very clear. Tom yes. Brady's throwing the ball away at a record clip. And a lot of that has to do with a, an offensive line that's maybe not as strong as it's been in the past. There's some pieces there that haven't been great. But, and, you know, Brady's smart. He's the master of self-preservation. He knows how old he is. He can't be holding onto the ball like Deshaun Watson and taking big hits all the time. That's, I mean, savvy player, good for you. You're smart. But the offense will not be what it once was with the, uh, with the current roster and the current play calling, I guess. So, yeah. I'm, I, so I, I, <clears throat> I don't know how I got so much on – on the Patriots there. We'll get to that, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, Seattle, Seattle's look great. Even with a semi-dumb coach sometimes who says some silly things, Wilson is electric. He sh- absolutely should be in the MVP conversation as he is. Lockett's been great. They they move nicely on, on offense. The defense hasn't given up too much. You know, Legion of Boom's not there, but they – it's looked better. I mean, they made a nice trade for a a, def- a decent pass rusher. Yeah, he's looked yeah. he's looked pretty electric. That was a lot of fun in the the first half in the first half of the Niners game there. So, yeah, yeah. I, I took Philly or I took Seattle. Excuse me, plus one twenty five in the opener. They're live. Okay. This should yep. be. I mean, my numbers made it a pick them. We ride together on Seattle. This we is ride. good. Seattle. Let me ask you a quick question about this, them uh, and Russell Wilson because I have I, in the back of my head I can't shake you know, the NFC playoff picture looking up and down and he's the best quarterback in the NFC. Uh, I feel like that's where we're headed here. And I don't think it's going to be close. I think we're going to be like, oh my God, Kirk Cousins, dead arm Drew Brees, Jimmy G. Dak, I guess, might be. And he's going to be in there. He's going to be live. But what's the ideal matchup if you're a Seattle backer in the, uh, in the if you get the five seed in the playoffs? Dallas again. You want to play them? You want to go back up <laughs> yeah. against Dallas? Oh my God, yeah. You want a rematch of last year's playoff game? That's how you have a coaching mismatch. You don't know, – maybe Lafleur. I don't know. The coaching think, mismatch think, was the other way. I thought Sum, our friend Suma on the betting pod did a brilliant job of laying out that coaching mismatch, which favored Garrett last I year. I know it. It, it. it was – I know it, it made it made them look stupid. Like somehow that game went a completely different direction from how it should, and the adjustments were awful. Maybe yeah. they'll learn something from that. I don't know. Seattle probably matches up okay against Green Bay. Actually, Seattle we're matches up see great that, against. We? Yeah, we are. are we, Seattle are matches up good against time. Minnesota. <laughs> Seattle matches up if they can throw the ball. If they can throw the ball and they don't have to rely on a, a running game that they want to use so badly. Dude, boy, are we going to learn a lot about Green Bay over the next handful of weeks? Holy shit! Yeah, their schedule They're... is rough. <laughs> I don't. Did you see those? Send you some charts. I'm going to share this. I'm going to retweet this right now. Um, those charts I shared with you. Um, from our friend, I don't, I don't know if okay. I'm our this, friend. This, our, this our is friend huge. that we follow, Lee Sharp. He has some nice uh, um, probability charts, some bar charts, some floating bar charts. I don't know what you want to call these mm, okay. distributions. It shows he has some nice. Uh, he takes his numbers and shows like the odds of teams to make the playoffs, the odds of teams to get a buy, the odds mm. of teams to get the overall first seed. And he has Green Bay quite a bit higher than I thought he would, just based on the schedule. But Minnesota's schedule is no cake either. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the whole that division that division probably hinges on one game. Yeah, I mean there there's six four four of their last six on the road for 
for Green Bay. They don't, and yeah. they don't play Seattle this year in the regular season. That is probably the matchup we're going to get in the playoffs. I bet. Green Bay, Seattle. Four yeah, or five. I might have to ask him about Green Bay stuff. Dallas, That's I bet you gets. I bet you Dallas surges to the three. The way that their schedule stacks up here. Although they yeah. need to win this week, do that, and we're going to get there in a second. Need a big one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the, oh, um, so there's two late games, and here's the one yeah. we're we're skipping. <laughs> unless <clears throat> I mean, this is this I've is heard take, some people make some compelling takes on this one, but I'm I'm curious how you tee this. It's it's take Tennessee if you think Foles looks like he does again. If he looked like he did last week, Tennessee wins this in a laugher. Tennessee's what's the offensive play caller again that we can never remember that we have? Art Smith. Art Smith. Arthur Smith. Uh, I mean, the quarterback change has been good. He's been a. F- Daniel's been upper half of the league quarterback. Yeah, he's been that. efficient. I want to say I don't want to say like he's been balling us, but they have enough pieces on both sides of the ball to be a team that's in the conversation for a wild card at home, second week for for Foles coming back, no pass protection. Bottom five offensive line. They, I mean, if they can get to falls, they win this game by 10. So Tennessee or nothing. I'm going to look at a few more things. I might sell this Tennessee out to four. I have not had enough time to study this game. I apologize. It's only Wednesday. But I'm I'm leaning Tennessee. I've not bet it. It's getting bet up. They have there's been resistance to move this to the three and a half. It is an index three everywhere. It's like three minus 20 across the board. Like, I don't know. That's where I would just sell the four. I don't think, I don't think Tennessee wins it in a close one. It's either Foles looks terrible under pressure again. Tennessee gets to them and they win big or, or they lose this game. God, of, talk about two teams in the NFL. I have no fucking read on <laughs> Jacksonville, Tennessee. Yeah. Like Jacksonville, oh that was very surprising, especially Foles looked good in his first drive and then just, Fart noise. This is the only time this season that we're going to see a rematch between teams where both quarterbacks are different. And 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 Tennessee's (laughs) off a bye. Minshew beat Mariota on Thursday Night Football, and now Foles takes on Tannehill. Yeah, that's that's that's, probably that is kind of weird. That probably probably doesn't happen very often. But no, like Tennessee off a bye, three or four. I'm I'm halfway interested in that. I'm going to look at a few more things so the the run games compare. Mm, okay, I, I, that's the other thing too. If if it looks like Tennessee has a favorable matchup against the run, I think Jacksonville's going to try to run it way too much. <laughs> it might be a bad game plan. Yeah, just like case Tennessee might be the smarter team in this, smarter, more efficient team. So, ugh. yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to the prime. Let's get to the standalone game. Dallas, New England. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, dude! <laughs> New England's at home. They're six and a half point shock. Dallas has the more complete roster, top to bottom. They have the quarterback that's playing better, but who is not even remotely considered in the same conversation. And New England has by far and away the better coach. And yet. I cannot convince myself to lay points on with New England the way that their offense is performing. And I cannot help but think Dallas is frisky, live, potentially could get a win because they can freaking pass. 
And New England hasn't gone up against a quarterback that can chuck. And if Dow, you know, if Dak Prescott shows up and he's composed and he's focused and he puts together what we've seen from him so far this season on a good day, I think Dallas wins this game. That said, I've gone up against New England a lot this season. I've lost a lot. And I am very gun shy about laying these points on Dallas. I feel like Dallas's defense is wildly overrated. They looked so bad against Minnesota. And I want to attribute that to they just had a bad day. They just weren't focused. They just didn't, they didn't think they needed to be, you know, as on top of their game as they were because they didn't respect Kirk Cousins in that offense and that they are going to be up in this moment on this stage in this, uh, in this setting. But they are still, you know, not someone I can count on to do much besides rush the passer. And that is a matchup that favors them. Dallas pass rush against Tom Brady's offensive line, which has huge question marks and no continuity this season. And Brady's receiving situation is a nightmare. I, I, I just, I, I cannot make any points in favor of Patriots here, except that Bill Belichick is the coach and they are at home. Is there something I'm missing? Should I be swinging away here on Dallas or is this uh, a stay away? I lean towards what you said as far as being a stay away. Cause it's another one too, where everything says and the numbers say, and maybe the power ratings have it pretty close just because of some of Dallas's results in my eyes. But yeah, I want to bet Dallas, but I won't like that. That's where I'm at. I, I want to, I should, I think their offense is very live to put up points. Um, if they get ahead, I hate new England it, being behind like new England doesn't have the right kind of offense, the right kind of offensive continuity to play from behind right now. They looked even worse when they got behind against Baltimore. If Dallas goes and marches down the field a couple times, it's not like, you know, like the Minnesota-Dallas game. You know, they, they kind of went blow for blow, and Minnesota has more of a passing game and, and a nice screen game. New England's offense just looks – it looks tired right now. And I don't think I don't think uh, once they do get behind in a the game, they're going to be – like the New England teams fold where it's like, oh, well, now it's time to live bet New England. Like I saw a lot of people do that in the Baltimore game. New England second half, New England live, New England second half team total over, just hammering New England. It's, it's not the same team. It's not the same kind of offense. Like the, the game-winning touchdown was thrown by a wide receiver last week. Brady's uh, every time, you know, it's the old joke. Like how many times have we retired Brady as the media? Well, one of these times you're going to be right because he's not getting any younger. He's just – he's not the same kind of quarterback he was 10 years ago. He And, you know, he, he looked good last year, but he had a lot more help. He doesn't have Gronk. He doesn't have some of the same weapons. And they're not using James White right. So Dallas is live here. Probably can't bet it, though, because as soon as you dealt this team, they just, they just shove it so far up your butt. It's a lot of points, so it's a ton of points. <laughs> I don't know. I make them right around a six. That's where I have my numbers. So uh, you're getting a little bit of value. Like if New England money comes in heavy all, all through the rest of the week, and this goes to seven and a half, well, maybe we're talking. And Adam had a good point, uh, Adam Chernoff. 
I listened to his podcast either yesterday's or today's. I don't know. I listened to a couple in a row. I got behind. And he talked about the fact that it is kind of a standalone game. There's only one other late game, the Jacksonville, Tennessee game. So you have all the the recreational money, all the people saying, oh, you know, it looks like I'm going to have a winning a winning moon or a winning early week. And they start pounding money onto New England. So maybe there is a case to be made for wait for Dallas. He seemed to think people taking Dallas early meant that they didn't think the number would get past seven because, you know, people who would know about the market moves would know that, hey, it's a, it's pretty much a standalone game in the afternoon. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the market does, you know, between 10 a.m. and game start if if New England just gets piss slapped. Because if it goes seven, seven and a half, I'm going to have to think pretty hard about adding. And I don't usually add games that late on a Sunday. <laughs> I mean, what what if it what if it goes to seven and a half? You're betting that, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. You have to. It's silly. I mean, I'm itchy trigger finger here on six and a half. <laughs> Any injuries that are meaningful one way or the other here that we need to keep an eye on? I guess I didn't look at the injury chart for that one. Is New England still doesn't have a kicker. <laughs> no, yeah, but Edel- that's a Edelman, Edelman and Sanu are both questionable. Yeah, they'll um, play. They, I mean, wide receivers are like that. Zach Martin, Lyle Collins are both questionable on the offensive line for the Cowboys. Yeah, like I don't think Lyle plays. Hmm. So that's 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 not helping me jump in bed with Dak either. Dakota mm. Rain. Hmm. Is uh is it rain? Is it Dakota Rain or Rain Dakota? Oh, it's Rain Dakota. Yeah, what a yeah, dumb name. What a Jeez. stupid fucking name. <laughs> All right, Sunday, 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 Sunday night. night football. Eight trucks, eight bucks. Green Bay <laughs> in the Bay. Oh, the battle for the Bay. Oh, it's Green a good one. Bay. Green Bay off a of bye. Green Bay is a bit a bit of a enigma. They had that game that I still I can't get this game out of my brain. It's the the Chargers game which I think we're just going to wipe it away. Say so that didn't happen. They weren't ready for the game. That was just the worst they'll ever look. That's their floor. I'm not, I'm not as excited about this bet as I was because it looks like Kittle might not play. <laughs> I really hoped he'd play. I bet the over. It has ticked up. I got a good number. I might buy out of this. I don't know how you, you think? feel. I don't know how you feel about this right now. I'm you still, think? I'm, I, no, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not a person it's, like that. I mean, still, if it, it was forty-eight. A, it was four, it's forty-eight at Chris right now. I know it. I got, I got a very keen, a very keen number on this early on. We both said this. This is going to get bet up, and boy, did it! Jesus Christ, it is forty-eight. Holy shit! Yeah. I could, yeah. I, I could buy out for a pretty nice little middle here. Yeah, forty-seven is a key number. Yeah, it is, and I'm. They have efficient offenses when they're clicking. San Francisco looked like they can be attacked. I mean, Arizona's not all that good. They play a gimmicky offense, and they were able to move the ball a few times. It was kind of a kind of a misleading final score because they're like their yards per play wasn't great, and it was it's just kind of a weird offense. It's hard to compare the Arizona offense to other offenses with the standard metrics because it's such they play so differently and it's goofy, but. That, that said, San Francisco can be beaten by a good team. San Francisco coming off 
a short week shorter. Should we buy out of this? No, I'm not scared. I think I think San Francisco knows exactly what they need to work on. They need to figure out how to get the ball down the field without Kittle and Sanders. It's going to go up even more probably because Sunday night football overs. It's yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. It's a standalone Sunday night football. If it gets to 49, are you buying out? Yeah, or I mean, I'm saying buying out. I'm saying shooting for the middle. God, probably. I think I might be too. I don't think I'm going to put this on my card because I'm anticipating this going to 49 and I'm going to play the under. I mean, I already put, I already put it on my sheet. I, I'm, I'm locked. Well, in. you're going to have to I put another it. one on your seat. You're going to have to shoot for the middle if it gets there. <clears throat> yeah. That's that'll be about one of the bigger total middles. I have to look what I got. It's and it's key. It's good ones. <laughs> it's really good ones. It's some, some beauties. Little Okay. God, that would be a nice little middle. Um, why I played the over in the first place, uh, I have very little respect for Green Bay's defense. And I think San Francisco's defense, while amazing through the first handful of weeks of the season, the cracks are starting to show. San Francisco without Quan Alexander has coverage problems. San Francisco with uh, without uh, an effective pass rush can be – you can move the ball on these guys. Uh, Green Bay has one of the better pass-protecting units in the NFL. Maybe the best. Aaron Rodgers with the time to prepare going up against his hometown team. Oh, oh wait. Is Aaron Rodgers' family going to be there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we had to go down that. It had to be asked. Is he going to be know. distracted by family shit? I doubt it. Sure as hell, he sure as hell played like dog crap when he went to L.A. I don't know what that was about. Well, I, maybe he hates soccer. Maybe his parents wanted him to be a soccer player, and it was a harsh reminder. Hmm, okay. it's not where I was going, but that may be. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, – I mean, I, I think – I guess the point I want to make here is I, I would expect that San Francisco can be scored on. I would expect that Green Bay, who is scripting the plays generally magnificently well, uh, is going to be able to get touchdowns early in this game, set the tone, and make this a shootout type of game, which th- immediately threatens an, an, a soft over of 46-and-a-half, 45-and-a-half, whatever you got on if you got on early with us on Sunday. And then it's just a matter of, okay, are we scoring touchdowns or field goals down the stretch? Does Green Bay make correct adjustments or poor adjustments at halftime? And does San Francisco, who has the benefit of being the West Coast team in prime time, playing a team that's traveling across the country and, you know, is going to be, you know, minus, you know, minus EV circadian rhythms, does San Francisco pull away at halftime? Oh, man, are we doing rhythms? Again? Yeah, both uh, both the Niners and the Rams this this, this week. In fact, if, if you if you miss the halftime scopes on Sunday night and Monday night football, I'm going to advocate strongly for both the Niners and the Rams, unless there's just a wild, weird game state. Holy shit! I got a forty-five and a half. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Like we I'm were, looking, we yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking at we the dimes. The yeah, it's un- I, I went and looked in my, I looked in my my betting ticket. So I went back and looked at the five dimes movement, and yeah, it moved to, it dropped down to five and a half there, like kind of when we started recording, and it ticked up to forty six the next morning at ten thirty. So it sat there at forty five and a half for a good fourteen and a half hours, and yeah, things, it has you, been things you just hate ship, to see. <laughs> rocket ship to the moon, Jesus, 
Congrats. Yeah, if we'd have recorded an hour earlier, I'd have probably had a 46, which still pretty good. Yeah, I, everything you said about the Green Bay defense, uh, they can absolutely be beaten, even with some pieces missing. I think it, it's just like when you talk about in the preseason, like, you know, I don't want to call this preseason handicapping, but that's such a key thing in, uh, you know, in the preseason we talk about. It's like, what does this team want to work on today? What do they need to improve on? And that's what, you know, something you can key in on in the preseason. And that's all they have to do is key in on this offense, get it moving without Kittle. They got to figure out something a little better because this is, it's not a good defense, but it's probably a little better than Arizona's, even though maybe the pass rush isn't there. So I, I think I think you see some maybe some new schemes on the offense. I like and hopefully that. get a bunch of points out of that. I'm pumped for it. I'm, and I'm yeah. pumped for this game. Are you of the mindset that San Francisco is real and Green Bay is frauds? Oh, I think they're both frauds. Everybody's frauds. Ooh. All purple Super Bowl. Oh. I'm just kidding. Oh. Minnesota's kind of fraudulent too. Minnesota's past secondary is going to get smoked by somebody. Yeah, at least one team. <clears throat> um, okay. Well, I think that was good. That was a good handicap. I, I, I don't have a lean really aside one way or the other one. It was at four. I thought long and hard about taking Green Bay at three. At this point, I don't see any value in either number. Um, if this goes either way, I would expect San Francisco is going to take money if we see news of Kittles in. Uh, and honestly, like, if Kittles, I mean, I, like, I got super excited seeing this total fly up because I was like, oh, that's great news. That means Kittles a go. That means Sanders is a go. Like, I assumed that that's what that meant. Um, so maybe maybe somebody does know, and we just haven't heard yet. Um, but whatever the case is, I could see Green Bay ticking back up to three and a half, and I could see this total climbing up to 49. And if it does get there, then we will be looking for a sweet, sweet – Anything but 24-24, unless that's the final score tie. <laughs> 21-21 into overtime, and then 20-24-24 final score would be fun, huh? That would be kind of fun. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of love for San Francisco, but I don't, know, I don't know how much I can get behind that with some of the pieces missing. I just hope they figure it out on offense. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, Monday Night Football, can we touch on this real quick? Yes, I promised I'd let you. Because it's what such I... a fucking killer game. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, you like Baltimore here. This is one where I go against my numbers. Like okay. You're right. I mean, you're right. They're at the peak of the market. But sometimes, sometimes you have to just say, are you really going to say that the, this defense – is going to is this is finally the defense that figures it out now that this this freight train is rolling through the season making teams look dumb in multiple ways with this offense you think the rams are the team who's going to do this i mean uh, they have two all pros on defense Another and another to thing. All and universe on defense. Another reason I don't think it's the Rams is one of their strengths is going to be stymied. We don't give enough credit to the offensive line in Baltimore. They have some studs on that line. We're just always looking at oh, human sure. joist, human joystick. He's making things happen. It you really got to give credit to an offensive line who's been this good for a mobile quarterback because it's super hard to block for a mobile quarterback because you're not. 
you're not just creating a nice little bubble pocket around, you know, a Brady who's not going to be, he might slide up or down a little. And Lamar, you never know where he is back there. They've done a great job. He's so smart at getting rid of the ball or taking off and running when he needs to. I can't get in the way of this. If this is three, give me the three because it's one of those where you're going to feel foolish not betting it. I think mm. it's, it's it's like Kansas City last year. It's like, well, well, they can't. It's not like he's going to throw fifty fucking touchdowns and no one's going to stop him. Yeah, maybe eventually next year if he gets hurt. Which oh, weird. Good prediction. <laughs> weird. I, I didn't actually say that. Way to <laughs> jinx him. If I would have said that, that would have been a great prediction. But right now. There's, there's teams that aren't figuring it. They, no, no one's figuring this out. He is, he's taken so few sacks compared to other mobile quarterbacks. I, I strongly encourage you, maybe I'll retweet this too, to read uh, Timo's article uh, at PFF Moo. He has written a really good article about the Ravens offense and why it's so good and why teams are struggling to defend it. And, uh, oh, shoot, it's under the premium content. Well, Pay for PFF. Jesus Christ. You like football. Come on. It's a good article. Mm-hmm. I probably spoiled yeah. some of it already. Jeez, I'm just taking taking dollars out of their pocket by putting it on the air. Aaron Donald doesn't make this a tougher game. No, he absolutely does. It, it's, not, it's not easy. Like his swim move, the way he gets through the line when he absolutely has to is amazing. It's but, incredible. I mean, you just, I think with the offensive line you have, you have enough guys that can handle guys where you can afford to double him all night long. Take him out. It's it's like how the Patriots would take out the most important offensive piece. Yeah, so you put Jalen Ramsey just, on uh, Mark just, Andrews. And just, yeah, just uh, I'm not all that impressed with Jalen sometimes, but I'm, wow. I'm, way, I'm, oh. way, I'm way more oh, wow. worried about Aaron Donald. Wow. Okay. But it's, I mean, it's a team that runs a lot. They run a ton. I'm not, I'm not, I'm way more concerned about a, a stopper up front who can also really get to the quarterback. But yeah, put two hats on him, take him away, and let the rest of the defense try to stop you. So, yeah, real chalky for me. Oh, yeah, I, I am going to give away a little bit from the article. Maybe this will be a good teaser and make you want to subscribe to PFF and read the rest of this. But the most minus EV play in football is absolutely handing off when you start a play from under center. <clears throat> Teams lose expected points. Every time you hand the ball off from under center, you are expected to score a little fee- a, a small amount less than you were before you ran that play. The average team does this 160 times a year already where we're at at the season this year, Baltimore's done it 15 times. Whoa. Would you yeah. say 15, one, 15. five So they like, you know, you say some of these coaches, when you see God. a coach and they make, you see a coach make the stupidest decision and you follow some of the analytic guys or even mildly analytic. And you know, like you have to go for that fourth down. You can't kick that field goal. That's just a bad move. Like, what are you doing there? Why are you throwing the ball in that situation? You know, that's a running down when you know it. And the coach doesn't seem to know it. This is the absolute beautiful opposite case of this. The Ravens have identified hope. I mean, hopefully it's not just dumb luck, but you got to feel like they've identified that, Hey, by running this exact play, this style of play, we're actually scoring fewer points on average expected. Like let's, 
let's not run that play. Let's mm. not do it. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, 90, 90% less than the average team <sighs> in the NFL. So, wow. I just, wow. The, the offense is two years ahead of people, and it, it's, it's not something I want to get in the way of. Mm. I mean, I could advocate <laughs> laying off them, but I can't bet the Rams here. Jesus Christ. Goff gets a little pressure on him. He's dead. He's such a bad quarterback under pressure. No disagreement here. Okay. Not, that I, not that I'm super psyched about the, the Baltimore's pressure rate. Baltimore. Baltimore's, yeah, their pressure rates have been really poor. Oh, last, yeah, week, they, last week they did well against Deshaun Watson, and that cost us that over. Yeah, the, the, the defense has not been, like we said a few times this year, it's not the same defense as old. They're a middle-of-the-pack defense, but they are improving. They have good coaching there. Um, rush defense, I think I want to say they're pretty low on that too. Yeah, just everything. Like I'm looking at a few different metrics, and right now I'm just looking at like PFF ratings, and they, they're just pretty much middle-of-the-pack everywhere on defense. The only thing that they, they take into the top 10 with is coverage. They're the ninth-ranked coverage team, and tackling. And tackling is super important. Hmm. Well, be prepared to talk me out of a Rams second half play because I'm going to go into that game watching, looking for confirmation bias every which way that their Rams will have life to come back and win that game if we when we get to halftime. So, just so you know, eyes wide open. <laughs> yeah, because Baltimore, when they if they do get a big lead, they have been known to take their foot off the gas pedal and not try to score fifty. <laughs> like, I'll be looking at a second uh, half. Over. They'll be looking into the stands to try to line up their dates for after the game. In Second LA. half over for me. I'm already bet it. <clears throat> okay. So, okay. Good pod. Hey, good pod. Good job yeah. for you. Yep. That was great. Nice job. Um, best of luck this week. However you shape your card. Hopefully you got some value on some of the opening numbers that we grabbed on Sunday night because there were some beauties at that time and that CLV will is already in your pocket and will likely only get more significant as we get closer to kickoff. So yeah, like let's say you, let's say you agree with us and you say, Hey, that isn't a bad idea. Maybe I should bet Arizona plus 13, 13 and a half. Uh, Or, you know, it's like the, from highlights, you got goofus and gallant. And Galliant bets the 13 and a half on Sunday and lets it sit in the account and look good. Goofus bets the 10 on Sunday and watches a very fucking questionable play take away a very nice bet. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to bet early if you think you have a good read on the market. I agree with you on this. All right, man. Did you see uh, Uncle Nish got his Akron number? Yes. They got 10 points. <laughs> that made me laugh today. I didn't realize how futile they were. Um, they are right. very, very, very bad. <laughs> UMass bad. <laughs> They're going to cover a damn spread. Yeah, uh, right. Were they 0-9 or 0-10 coming into this? They were 0-10 against the spread. Well, they're almost certainly going to get there. I don't want to jinx them, but 10 points. Please don't jinx them. What what, what would blow it up? A 21-0 third quarter from Miami, huh? Uh, stranger things have happened, dude. It's matching. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, well, I'll let you go.